What's up, guys? This is Roland Buck III. I play Noah Sexton on Chicago Med, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. Gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Hey, Shy Hearts, welcome to Meet Us at Molly's episode 54. Today we're going to go ahead and cover Chicago Med Season 3, Episode 14. I don't remember the title of the episode. Does anybody remember the title of the episode? Lock it down. Bingo. What Bryna said. So as always, I'm Gina. I'm joined by Bryna. Hello, everybody. We've got a special guest host tonight. Everybody say hello to Perry. Hi, Perry. How are you? Hi, I'm good. And you? Good. Good. We're so glad you're here. We're gonna have some fun tonight because we've got a lot of opinions. (laughs) So many feelings. All of the things. All of the things. So as usual, we always like to start with the news and we are going to do just that. So a lot of news this week. We're just going to jump right in. So the first one is not necessarily Chicago related, but it kind of is. So, Bryna, I'll let you talk about this because <laughs> somebody we know took a picture with Stephen Amell last week and I'm not at all jealous. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also the one that requested that we mention it just because, like, I have a lot of feels. So there was a TV line article about Arrow um, and it was like a couple different things that are happening on Arrow, but one of them is that Colin Donnell, who was in the first season, is coming back. And it's referring to the tweet that Stephen Amell posted showing his like Colin Donnell's tear um, on set. Um, and then after being renewed on Monday, Stephen posted a photo on Instagram of he and Colin in Vancouver. And then it, Colin made a Facebook post um, that says, I have something to share with you all, but not yet. No, not yet, but you're going to like it. And I just, the way that, like, Colin's character died on Arrow just made me super emotional. And he came back this season already once. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I can't <laughs> deal with it. All the can feelings. We take, can we just take a moment to talk about the excellent bromance that is Stephen Amell and Colin Donnell? Oh, my God. It's so good. So good. It's adorable. Perry, do you watch Arrow? Have you ever? I stopped. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I couldn't keep up. (laughs) It's fine. Yeah, it's a lot to keep up with. But yeah, I just I love this romance. And it makes me happy that he's coming back in some way. So we'll see. Um, But yeah, I just needed to mention it. There was a lot of chatter online when these articles dropped and when Colin made his post. I feel like the fandom is really worrying about his position on Chicago Med. I don't know why, though. Like, his character can't come back. Well, I mean, I guess it's Arrow. Anything can happen. Because, like, characters have come back from the dead. But, like, you know, I mean, he's not, Tommy is not coming back from the dead. Like, Colin is not going to be a regular on Arrow. No, and. Like, I don't know why they're worrying so much that he's going to leave Chicago Med. Exactly. And Med has wrapped for the season. So they're free to do whatever. Right, exactly. Yeah, like if he wants to go guest star in Arrow, like while he's not working on Med, he's more than welcome to. Like clearly he loves that cast and they love him. So like if he wants to go guest star on Arrow, like I'm all here for it. <laughs> like yeah, I don't so, know why they're worrying. What did Tommy do on the Crisis on Earth X special? He was like a AU version of Tommy, right? Yeah, it 
it's a little hard to explain if you haven't like seen the season or didn't watch that special or whatever. But yeah, pretty much like that's what you said. It's like an AU version, um, and a version that exists on another Earth. Um, so like it's a real version of Tommy, just a different on a, from a different Earth. Interesting. Uh, but that one died too. <laughs> oh, oh, is that, that's like a recurring bit now that Colin has to die on every show that's yeah. not Chicago Med. So I don't, yeah, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, so it's just, I don't know why people are freaking out. I did see that on, in the Shy Hearts <laughs> fandom group. I was like, calm mm-hmm. down, people. It's okay. Right, right. That's Rhodes funny. isn't, you know, Rhodes is safe. At least right. we think he is. <laughs> yeah, at least we think he is. We never really know for sure, but... Yeah, um, I'll also mention while we're talking about Colin, I got sucked into a Spotify rabbit hole this week because I was like, I, Patty had posted something about she was on like Watch What Happens Live or something. And I somehow got into a Spotify loop of like Frozen and then the other stuff she's been in on Broadway. And then I was like, you know, I know Colin's Broadway. I should check this out. Y'all, Colin Donald can sing. I feel bad for never knowing that, but like, shit. Yeah. yeah. As we always say, everything's just so effortless for the Broadway actor, so it doesn't surprise me he can sing. Oh, man. I love the Broadway actors because, yeah, like you said, everything's just super easy. Yeah. But anyway, we'll get into Connor and those blue eyes that I love so much later. So we'll gush <laughs> about Colin later on. So the next bit of news we got was from Ask Osiello, and this was just the weekly thing where fans submit questions and they, he gives a little bit of a scoop and there was a Dossie question. Now, this is the same answer that I feel like we've we've been hearing for a couple of weeks now. It's basically about, you know, when's Dossie going to have a baby? And all Jesse Spencer really said, he's like, they're not done talking about having kids and it's going to come up again before the end of the season. Something funny he did say, he was like, they want to have kids of their own and not just kids they bring in off the street. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, I mean, because it's true. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before. Like, it can't just be something that happens out of thin air. Like, you know, they've got to plant the seeds. They've got to talk about it. Like. It's going to take more than just, like, an episode or two for Dossie to, like, be pregnant and then, like, have a baby. Because, like, it's going to change the whole series. Yes. So, like, I'd rather it be done right than, like, be rushed just because fans are impatient as hell and, like, they want it to happen. I could definitely see it being a next season problem because if they're going to show us Gabby being pregnant and not cop out of it this time, I'm not bitter. (laughs) They're going to need to find a replacement medic. So, you know, right. they're going to have to find another character. Right. It's going to be a whole thing. thing. Right. It can't just be something that like, oh, she gets pregnant in episode. What's the oh, we're in six at uh, season six. So like six nineteen, And then by the finale, she's had a baby. Like, I'd hate that. They could. Well, no, not by the finale, but they could do something. Where I mean, she's they pregnant. could if they I mean, they could have they time jumped by the finale. Yeah. But like. Still, like, I'd rather it be done right and, like, it take another season for her to get pregnant if, like, that's what it takes and, like, then show her being pregnant, whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd rather it be done the right way than, like, rush just because fans want it. Yeah, they could do it the way Dexter did it, where, like, Rita was pregnant at the end of one season and then she had a baby in the season premiere of the next. I don't know. Right. Yeah. So, um, Perry, thoughts on a potential Dossie baby? 
I'm excited, but like Bryna said, I think I wanted to like them to do it properly. So like mm -hmm. we make sure that she doesn't lose the baby or it's just like some event that happened just to continue her storyline. So yeah, but I'm excited for it. They're gonna be so cute as parents. It's about time. Yeah, it's about time. You know, but did you guys see the photo Taylor Kinney posted this week with his niece? Yes. I that didn't. was just the cutest. Oh, yeah. You got to look it up. You're going like, <laughs> to die of adorableness. Somebody retweeted it this week. I can't remember who it was and was just like, not to be that guy, but imagine this is Severide with baby girl Dossie. Oh, oh my here. God. That would be so I cute. Know. Well, you know, it's going to be his godchild. Like, oh, for come sure. on now. For sure. All I'm saying is that baby's name had better be Shay. Or Leslie, or it's just, if they have a girl, her name's got to be, like, Leslie or Shay, or, like, Leslie Shay Casey. I don't, yeah. You know just, they're going to make it a girl so that they can do that, though. I would hope so. Although, I mean, we'll we'll save, I, I just had a thought, we'll save this until we get to the episode descriptions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, great. Perry, have you found the picture yet? Yeah, it's so cute. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was in my feelings. Okay. I feel like everything Taylor Kinney does is just like super hot and adorable oh and gosh. sexy and just, yeah, <laughs> you know, he has that effect. Yeah. So speaking of Severide, the next bit of news we got is a TV line article. And this was about all of the Severide stuff that is coming our way in these final, what, seven episodes, eight episodes um, Bryna, do you want to talk about this one a little bit? Yeah, so there was a TV line, like Gina said, TV line article previewing um, Severide's family reunion and the fact that Sarah Shahi's coming back for a couple episodes as Renee. Um, so a couple things that took away from it, um, and that was like a Q&A, little Q&A with Derek. Um, so apparently they're going to play into the fact that Renee was like being the pretty romantic smart lawyer that they kind of played up for half a season when she was introduced, but also play into the fact that the last time we saw her, she was trouble because hello, she lied about her, the paternity of her baby. Um, and she, Derek was also saying that because of where kid and Severide are in their relationship in the second half of the season, like obviously that is also going to come into play somehow. So I feel hmm. like that's just like teasing that like, Renee's gonna want to pick up as like a ro like pick up this relationship maybe as in a romance because like why else would Kevin and Severed's relationship come into it? That doesn't surprise me at all that Renee Renee's gonna want to pick it up romantically because why? I mean, we talked about this in a past episode. There are a million other firefighters in Chicago. Go ask one of them for help with your case. Right. Yeah. Of course, she's got ulterior motives. It just. Uh, like of all the people to bring back yeah but it's so random that's why i don't get it why her like okay i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> no i mean you're saying the same thing yeah like i i'll be really curious to see what like what brings her back specifically like what is this case um yeah because i you know we haven't literally heard anything of her in like seasons um and now she's coming back so i don't know i don't get it I don't get it either. And the minute she's like surprised this kid is actually yours, I'm just like dropping everything and like standing up and screaming at the TV and be like, get out. But they won't do like, that. Just get out. No, I don't think. You don't think? No, because like the kid must be like, what, four or five by now? 
Yeah, yeah. Like that's what the article. It says. would be kind of like nonsense if they would, if she would come up and be like, "That's your baby after five years." I don't know. I, I just don't feel they will do it, but that's. Me. I feel like yeah. I feel like I don't feel like that's where they're gonna go. I feel like that's a little too soap opera y, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's not what they're trying to push. Like that feels like a little too soap opera y for me. That's a good point. Um, especially because they can't go back then and be like. They're, she's not gonna arrive be like this is act jokes I was wrong the first time this is your baby and then like have it be like oh nope just kidding it actually isn't your baby like she can't play him again like they're not gonna yeah. do that or play him with the baby card at least the paternity card she can play him in other ways but she's not playing the paternity card again so uh, if Stella has to be the one to be like Kelly she's bullshitting you I just, I don't know how I'm going to feel at that point. Because, like, is Severide that clueless? Is he that, like, We'd like oblivious? to think not. Especially because he's grown a lot since the last time Renee was in the picture. But Also true. Um, but, yeah. So then they were also talking about, obviously, the fact that Severide's mom's going to come in. And T-Line was, you know, like, what is it? What is his mom going to be like? Um, and, you know, there's not, Derek was talking about how, you know, there's only been a couple of hints about what, you know, what we know about her. Um, but apparently Severide's mom is going to be, quote unquote, a saint. Um, and Derek said in the article that boys have a special relationship with their moms, um, I think, most of the time. So it seems like Severide's going to be a little bit of a mama's boy, probably. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it doesn't really surprise me either. Um but yeah, and then the last thing, which I just I think it's so funny. So TV line, the last like question they like end the article with is, you know, the TV line, whoever's doing the interviewing says, I have to admit when I heard Renee was coming back, I thought I really want Brittany back. And then Derek was like, she was great too. We refer to her this year. Everybody always asks what happened with that. Was there an annulment? We hear that. We hear about Severide's sister. Some of the characters that go away, we don't hear about and we don't hear about what we're referring to. There are a few questions that are going to get answered about characters who we haven't talked about in a long time. Interesting. Are there any characters we haven't heard about in a long time who we have questions about? Well, they answered our Vargas question last week. They did answer our Vargas question. <laughs> and I feel like, I mean, like, Derek's clearly been listening because that's something we talk about all the time. We've been talking about all season how, like, I mean, we talked about Katie for a long time when Lily was first introduced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Mills? We haven't heard about Mills in, like, forever. Yeah, I wonder if that means just, like, Severide-related characters, like Brittany, obviously, Katie, um, or just, like, characters in general. Because, yeah, we haven't heard about Mills since he left. And that's kind of sad. Side note, his show on the CW, Valor, it got canceled. So I'm just going to put it out into the universe that, like, Charlie Barnett's free. Did, did I just, like, ruin that for you, Perry? No, no, but uh, Miles was my favorite character until he left, so I, I would be excited to see him back and be like, hey, but okay. <laughs> it would be yes, wonderful. He, he was, was just like, adorable. Oh, my God, Gina, theory. What if when Dawson gets pregnant, they're like, Mills pops in and replaces her as the medic on Ambo 61? I would love that. I need somebody to write that fan fiction ASAP. <laughs> Just throwing it out there into the universe. I love that. And I love that you just threw that out there. And yes. Throwing that out there into the universe, guys. If it's in the universe, it's happening. (laughs) Uh, So 
Another piece of news we got were promo picks. And we got promo picks for, I want to say, two episodes of Fire and an episode of PD. So first thing of promo picks we got, Chicago Fire Season 6, Episode 18. Is that put white on me? It airs next week on the 12th. It's the FBI episode. That's all I got. Okay. That's all we got. Yeah. These promo pictures weren't too telling. It was like, you know, 51 at a fire or, you know, intelligence with their guns. It wasn't too telling. But, you know, just to say that, hey, we got them. They are here. There was one. I can't remember. Maybe it was for it was for a Chicago PD episode. And it may have been this one. We got the promo pictures for Saved as well, which is season five, episode 20. Uh, but there was one I saw the other day and Jay was like undercover homeless. Yeah, I think it has to be this one. Yeah, I LOL'd a little bit. Too funny. Too funny. Yeah, so that's the one that airs on April 18th. And then the other one we got, we got Chicago Fire Season 6, Episode 19, entitled Where I Want to Be. And this airs on April 19th. And this was, the, this was another one that was like 51 at a car accident or like 51 at a fire. You know, it's pretty basic. But there was one photo that I think these dropped pretty recent, like right before we started recording. There's one of Casey holding a child after I want to say it's a car accident or something. And somebody tweeted a really funny little quip and just was like, Casey with his future foster child. Too funny. So funny. So, so funny. Um, another bit of news we got were episode descriptions. So these are for the last week in April or the second to last week in April? It's the last week in April. Yeah. Okay. So we have Chicago Med season three, episode 17. This airs on April 24th. Bryna, what happens here? Yeah. So um, after a 10-year-old boy is admitted to the hospital, Will and Nat disagree on how to best handle the boy's parents. And Dr. Rhodes rushes to fix a heart that will be given to Reese's dad. Whoa. Yep. So clearly also, Will and Nat are not staying away from each other and not, not working together. I have so many feelings about this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just... Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, will and not disagree? Never. But actually, though. Face palm. Also, I wonder how that storyline with Reese's dad is going to resolve itself. We'll get into the specifics there, but. Yeah. And I mean, that can't clearly be the end of it. Because, like, what if Dr. Rhodes does fix the heart that's going to give to Reese's dad? Then he's going to have to get the heart. So, like, clearly that's likely not the end of that storyline. No. So no, crazy. Um, the other one we got was Chicago Fire season six, episode twenty, airing April twenty sixth. Rhina, take it away. Um, yeah. So after a girl, or after saving a girl from a car accident, Bowden and Sev are taken aback when they receive a surprise package. Um, Brett struggles to keep quiet about Cruz reacquainting with his now married high school sweetheart, and a crisis brings Bria. Hello, back into Dawson's life. Bria! I never thought we were going to see her again. No, me neither. Me neither. I wonder what this crisis is. It's got to be with her dad, right? That was, I think, what everybody thought. Yeah, they said her dad probably relapsed. So I'm excited to see her back, though. I think, oh, maybe that's what sparks the kid conversation again. That's what I was going to, That was yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, it either sparks the kid conversation or puts it on halt. 
And then somebody's like, well, why haven't we talked about this? And it's like, well, Bria came back. Like, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, we need to talk about Brett. What is this? What? Why does she have feelings about Cruz? Did she just decide to be with Antonio and then just change her mind out of nowhere? Wait, what? Say that again? This Brett thing right above it that says he she struggles to keep quiet about Cruz reacquainting with his high school sweetheart. Well, I didn't take it as like her having feelings or like her whatever. I thought it was like Cruz told her that this is something he's been doing and Brett, like, he's like, don't tell anyone else. Like, don't tell her, man. And, like, but Brett can't keep a secret. And so Brett's struggling to keep it a secret. Hmm. That's how I took it. I didn't take it as, like, all of a sudden she has feelings for Cruz again. But No, I don't think she does. But, okay, I guess she's approaching this from a friend's standpoint. I, I guess I just saw Brett and Cruz in the same sentence and was <laughs> like, no, no. In the two-hour movie, you did this. So... Yeah. No, I took I it as, know. like, Cruz told her, hey, keep this a secret, and Brett can't keep a secret for anything, and so she's like, well, shit. Yeah. Especially because, yeah, like, know. it could be, it could look bad on Cruz since, like, this high school sweetheart is now married, and, like, yeah, I don't, who knows. Yeah. Perry, thoughts? No, not really. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> So the last bit of news we have, it is that time of year. The May sweep scorecard is out. Oh, okay. TV line puts this out every year. I hate it, but it is a necessary evil. But it's our favorite game at the same time. Is it our favorite game? Is it our favorite? It's our favorite game that we love to hate. Yes, I will agree with that. Perry, are you familiar with the scorecard? Yeah. Okay. It's it's like the worst, right? It's the worst. It is. <laughs> <laughs> So the I put in the outline, I said, you know, the torture stretches from April 23rd to May 23rd. So it's a full month of every show we watch being fair game on this scorecard. So if you are familiar with it, if you've seen it, you know that it says, you know, this category, number of whatever. And then it says spoiler in every single slot that gets filled in as these things aired. So I just I went through it and I just kind of noted a handful of the categories where one Chicago might pop up, might pop up. So the first one, the number of pregnancies. So far, there are two, two. And these numbers change too. Um, yeah. Number of couples reuniting. That is four. Fingers crossed for Manstead or Burzik. Spoiler alert, but not really spoiler alert. Or Antonio or, but yeah, there's a couple of ways one Chicago could come in. If one Chicago wanted to fill all four spots, I'd be cool with that. Um, fatalities. Oh, this is the worst. Okay. There are 19 fatality slots right now. However. What the hell? Oh, that's nothing, though, because it usually doubles by the end of May. I know. It's awful. It's the worst. It, the other thing is usually. No, I'm not even going to say that to put it out there in the universe. I don't want. Um, okay. Usually, I'm going to, like, whisper this into the mic so it's not that loud. Usually, the fatalities are minor characters, save, like, one or two. I said it really low. <laughs> so, maybe, yeah. Do you think Derek could hear that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just, I don't even want to, I mean, Reese's dad maybe could be one of those. Yeah. Um, Renee. 
<laughs> Sorry. That was tell, awful. Us how, that was tell us awful. how she dies, Brenna. Um, why don't you uh, break story on her death scene right now? Oh, yeah. All my, like, I'll conjure up my, like, um, psychic abilities that I've been having for the last, like, week or so. Yeah. Oh, I hate that category. What if? always just, like, oh. balloons. Go ahead. Go ahead. What if uh, Woods on PD? Yeah. Ooh, a lot of people yeah. said they want him to die. So, <laughs> but yeah, I don't want him to die necessarily, but it could be one if like yeah. Void wants him to be dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Void wants him to be dead, yes. Void seems to just wish these things, and they just sort of happen. It's <laughs> funny. Um, Bryna, is now the time to discuss the cliffhanger that I am pretty confident I figured out today. Go for it. So while we're talking about Woods and PD, um, you know, we record on Thursday, of course, or Wednesday. My days are all screwed up. We record on Wednesday. Anyway, today the PD kids were posting photos behind the scenes. They were all wearing suits and they were all in court. Well, I'm fairly certain they were in court because like no, they, they never were all stood up court. otherwise. The yeah. Jesse Instagram um, was like a caption about being in court. So, yeah. Yeah. All I needed to see was that picture of them like sitting there smiling on the bench. And I texted Bryna and I was like, I figured out the cliffhanger. This just happened. They're building up to this whole thing about Bingham, right? So Voight and Alinsky, one of them is standing trial. We don't know which. And the last scene of the finale, I'm going to call it right now. And if I'm wrong, everybody can laugh in my face. Last scene of the finale is the verdict, and somebody just says, we the jury find the defendant, boom, credits. Right there. I think you're on to something, Gina. Yeah, me too. It's pretty, I'm gonna yeah. just, I'm gonna, again, putting that out into the universe, because, you know, whatever. Yeah, but I don't know. Woods would be a good one, though. Yeah, Woods would be a good one. Poor Brianna, though. She gets shot and then her dad dies. Yeah. That would be rough. So another category we have are possible fatalities. And I bring this up because last year, Chicago Fire was like half of this category. It was awful. Stupid factory fire. Possible fatalities right now is nine. And that's the category where basically characters' fates are left up in the air in the season finale. So Yeah, plus you probably had to add in last year, um, Dr. Charles. So like literally when Chicago was most of the category. Oh, yeah. Most of the category. And it was just, I remember after the fire finale aired, it was like, Casey, Chicago Fire, Severide, Chicago Fire, Stella, Mouch, Herman, blah, blah, blah. I was like, this is not okay. No. Not okay. Um, resurrections or big returns, that is five. Reese? Who could? No, not Reese. Uh, Renee. I think Renee is going to be one of them. She's got to be. But I thought she was coming on for a couple episodes, so it wouldn't be considered finale, I don't think. No, but it's remember it's the whole month of May. It's four twenty three to five twenty three. So I think as long as oh well, then yeah, yeah. she's definitely got to be it. She's definitely got to be it. I think she's one of them. And then the last one is on screen firings, resignations, or major job changes. There's fourteen of those. This could be this could be Bowden. This could be Otis. This could be Voight. This could be a lot of people. Maggie, if Maggie hasn't gotten her stuff together yet, which we're going to talk about, but yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, oh, uh, the yeah, the scorecard is our least favorite game, but it is a game we will play. Oof, yeah, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Just no, no. I also remember the year where 
all three shows had a death when uh Chicago Med was in season one and it was like uh, Jimmy's father or Jimmy's brother died and then Dr. Downey died and then um who died on PD? Shit, who was it? Um It's uh wasn't it Josh Sagara. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes, Justin Voigt. Yeah. I couldn't Justin. think of Justin. I was th- I was like which boy I was like I can picture yeah. It still hurts my heart so much. I know. Oof. That episode. Sad base. Anyway, yeah, we'll be keeping track of the scorecard. We'll be posting stuff as we go, I'm sure. We'll be posting updates as they happen in One Chicago Land. So, as always, if you see any news, please send it to us. Tweet, DM, email, however you want to get it to us. Singing Telegram, I don't care. <laughs> um, there's only three of us. It's a whole big internet. We're bound to miss something. So you really help us out when you guys send us news. So without further ado, I think we can now jump into the episode. What do you think? Yes, let's do it. Okay. As always, we broke this down by storyline. Um, Perry, I have a question for you before we start. So you primarily watch Med, right? Like Med's your favorite? Um, yeah. No. Well, it's because I binge watched like all three shows uh, in the last four months. But mm-hmm. like I finished with Med. So that's the one that I'm more like fresh with it. And that okay. I can watch on air uh, live. I mean. Because I have school on uh, Wednesday and Thursday, so it's kind of hard to, like, watch PD and Fire. So that's why I'm, mm-hmm. like, more interacting with the men community. But, yeah. yeah, I love all three shows, to be honest. So, yeah. Oh, cool. I was going to say, because you never really see that combination where med is a favorite. Like, let's just put it this way. We have a lot of listeners whose favorite is Fire mm-hmm. or whose favorite is PD. We only have a handful whose favorite is Med. But I love Med because of the diversity, mostly. Like, when it Mm -hmm. came, it was so fresh to see, like, a black woman and, like, people of color on screen. So, for me, that stand out as a favorite. But, like, the more you're listening, sometimes I'm, like, I'm not sure if it's my favorite for the storyline or stuff like this. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Cool. Um, what did you think of last night's episode? Last night being Tuesday night, Perry. Um, I felt that episode was messy compared to last week, which was so good. It was kind of like all over the place in some ways. Like even though at the end it's like came all together, like mm-hmm. do- um, Dr. Rhodes' uh, dad or stuff like this. I was like, why? Why? But yeah. <laughs> it was... A little frantic. I'll agree with that. Yeah, Bryna, what did you think overall of the episode? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I think the last, like, 10 or so minutes was really strong. And that's because, like you said, everything came together. And that's when, like, obviously the whole Will and Natalie stuff that we're going to, like, yell about later um, happened. And so, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, I mean, I think a little bit for me, like, the missing baby kind of seemed a little too soap opery and like mm-hmm. it just kind of I mean like we joke about it all the time that med is the most unsafe hospital in America but like I don't know do we really need somebody to like come in and steal a baby like I don't know it just seemed a little like unnecessary of a storyline but like but I feel it's like it's one of uh, med's uh, biggest problem is because they want everyone to be there that like right. even though they don't have a storyline they need to give them one so right. sometimes it's like you get useless too much. 
storyline compared to other shows where like in PD this year we can see has like even though it's a episode of, on um a water or something the other ones are there but they don't need to be that much present in the right. episode so i think they need to like find a combination uh which like tone down the presence of every char- main character Right, and I think going off of that, I think this is where you can really see Med's weakness and that the fact that, yes, they all work in the same hospital and, yes, most of them work in the ER, but they don't work as a unit like PD and, like, FIRE. Like, at least when you, like you said, when you see them all together on PD or FIRE, they're all working together because they lit, that's their job is, like, they're on squad together, they're on truck together, they're in intelligence together. Here... You don't, they don't work like that. Like, that's not how an ED works. So, like, mm-hmm. you generally see them paired off or, like, you know, tripled off or whatever. And, like, but then, like you said, they want to focus on everybody. So then they have, like, 10 storylines going. Um, so, yeah, I definitely feel like that was something that was present. But the parts, I mean, we're going to talk about this, but, like, the parts that happened, I mean, granted, they annoyed and I'm frustrated with them, but, like, I feel like they were necessary. Yeah. Because um, that's yeah. what they've been building to. Yeah. So. I gotta agree with that. Yeah. Everybody was fighting. They're always yeah. fighting. <laughs> but like tenfold in this episode. Yeah. Men can't like not fight. Something about yeah, it just, the hospital. It can't, they can't not ever fight. Maybe it's because they know they're in the least safe hospital in the world and it makes them like edgy. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I don't know. I got. I mean, I understand that you know everybody. You know everybody at Med fights, but towards the end, it got like stressful. I was like, oh my god, can we just focus on Choi, where you know everything's all peaceful and wonderful, and yeah, you know, okay, yeah, that couple. I love them so much. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get into them because I know they had a lot of stuff going on in this episode. So. Uh, as always, like we said, we broke this down by storyline, and oh boy, do we have a lot to say tonight. So first thing we're going to cover is the missing baby slash Dr. Charles and Dr. Reese. Bryna, would you like to start us off, or do you want me to? No, I can do it. Um, so okay. the episode kicks off with Will and April evaluating this really cute baby um, that Will ends up diagnosing with pneumonia. Um, he ends up sending the baby to the PICU because he needs to be monitored and stuff like that. And that's kind of where we leave things. Um, then it switches over to Dr. Charles and Reese. And Dr. Charles is getting yet another earful from Reese about her father, um, who looked at her dad's chart and figured out that he's a psychopath. Um, I definitely think, I mean, in my knowledge, I feel like she broke HIPAA, but... That's what I was... isn't breaking HIPAA in... I was wondering, is it legal to look at a patient file if nobody asks for advice, but you just answer, so forget. I mean, you, well, no, I think you can look, I, I don't think it's that. I think the reason, my feelings as to why she broke HIPAA is that, like, this is her dad. Like, not okay. that she's not a doctor, like, because she definitely, like, you can go back and, like, look at old patient files to, like, see what something, whatever. Like, I feel like she broke HIPAA because it's her father and, like, if he didn't want her to know, then, like, he probably didn't put her on her his HIPAA sheet or, like, people that they can talk to about his condition and his case and, like, the fact that she knows without, you know. That's where I feel like she broke HIPAA. Okay. Not- she doesn't get around HIPAA by simply being his daughter? I don't think so. And that's where I don't know. That's where my, like, questions lie. I don't think so, though. I still hmm. feel like 
because she's not his doctor. I don't know, though. So many questions about HIPAA. Yeah, I, yeah. I only have a little bit of knowledge about it, but that is something I don't know. Um, But yeah, so Reese is upset that she didn't know sooner about her father and his condition. And Dr. Charles just tries to console her by saying, you know, at least that her dad's original departure back like when she was a kid had nothing to do with her. But that's really not like it's kind of as bad, a bad version of a pep talk. Like that doesn't do anything to make Reese feel better. Um, Yeah. So then we go back to the ED and Will gets a call from the PICU saying that the baby never made it there. Which I was like, okay. Like, I don't even know what I, what would I do if I was Will? Like, how would I answer that call? Be like, hello. Oh yeah. Weren't you supposed to send a kid up? And he was like, yeah, I did. And it's like, oh, jokes. They never made it here. Like, <laughs> what do you say to that? Like, I, okay. I, yeah. Like, okay. That's cool. Yeah. So the hospital goes on lockdown and the ED goes on bypass, meaning that, you know, they obviously just bypass any traumas that come in. Like everything's going to get, um, you know, just sent away. Like no, nothing can come in and out of um, Chicago bed. I was surprised that Connor didn't pop up and be like, we should try ECMO instead. It's a great pun. <laughs> it's a really good pun. I don't know. I heard bypass and I perked up and I was like, oh, somebody's going to pop up and talk about ECMO. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, and so they end up finding out, too, that, uh, you know, they look at some uh, – from what the parents of the baby had told them, that it was a woman who was, like, dressed as a nurse, um, but she didn't match any of the descriptions of, like, a nurse on staff. So now they're li- on the lookout for this nurse. Um, so Goodwin comes and asks Dr. Charles and Reese to consult on the abduction thinking that maybe they can provide some insight into who they're looking for. And Dr. Charles then, like, has a question about maybe the woman was a previous patient since she knew where the PICU was in the first place. Um, And so apparently these baby bracelets are super high tech because they'll get pinged if the baby bracelet were to leave the, um, the hospital. So they know they haven't gotten a ping about it yet. So they know that the baby hasn't left and the baby's still somewhere on the property. That just seems super high tech to me, but like. I get it, though. I mean, that doesn't surprise me, but I was going to say if they they only ping when the baby leaves, like they don't have like a GPS tracker or something. I thought baby bracelets were paper. Also a good point. Which is why I'm like, I aren't they like, super, aren't those like super high tech? Like I thought they just got printed out and like, you know, kind of like those wristbands um, where you do like tape it at the end you know like you pull off the sticky and you like tape it on the end and then take like five ever to like cut off your wrist <laughs> yeah i thought baby bracelets were like that but i guess i'm wrong well no when i go see my friend go ahead barry no because they print their name on it so well i don't know like um when um, a woman gives birth so they print their name so i guess it gotta be more plastic so it can like put right. it in the machine so maybe yes, but I still didn't understand how it has a tracker in it. But yeah, that was a little right. Sopra. Yeah, um, 
But anyway, so they finally get a ping from the baby bracelet, but it just leads them to a stairwell where the baby bracelet has been cut off or taken off or whatever. And they also end up finding the baby's cut off IV, which means he's not getting antibiotics anymore to treat the pneumonia. So he's probably getting worse and worse as time ticks on. Um, so Goodwin finally is able to identify the woman at, who took her as a former patient named Joanna, like Dr. Charles said. Um, Joanna lost her baby at 22 weeks, um, and Dr. Charles said she's probably afraid that she'll never be able to get pregnant again, which is why she stole a baby. Um, and then Dr. Charles is able to deduce that she could be holed up in the old maternity wing, which of course security did not check anymore because it's not part of the hospital any longer, um, of course. Um, and yeah, so they end up finding Joanna and the baby, Reese is able to get Joanna to trust her because, you know, she's Reese and she uses a super calm voice like this and talks her down and whatever. She tells her she's going to be okay as long as she hands the baby over. You know, nothing's going to happen. But, of course, Reese lied and she gets arrested as soon as they hand over the baby. And the lockdown's over. And then, yeah, so this part wraps up with Reese being, you know, Reese Reese and Dr. Charles are having a conversation um, Reese is concerned that her lying to Joanna might make her a psychopath. <laughs> and Dr. Charles is like, you know, all the points that you're making, like, don't make you a psychopath. Like, you know, and Reese is like, well, whatever you want to call it. Like, I'm still my father's daughter. And then Dr. Charles is like, but you're also my resident. And I find you to be deeply compassionate and someone who's capable of great empathy. And if I didn't think that was the case, I wouldn't have suggested you become my resident or whatever Reese is whatever level Reese is is she an intern resident what is she resident uh resident that's what I thought Mm -hmm. and yeah that's my thing my one little complaint about this whole storyline besides the fact that it's a little super dramatic is they missed a great opportunity to bring someone from PD in I'm just saying I thought the same thing Yeah, yeah. I always think that when they bring in PD, I get really excited. I'm like, "Ooh, PD!" And then I'm like, "Oh man!" Right, and especially this one because like they actually needed the police for most of the storyline. It wasn't even just like them bringing someone in for like a scene. Like, I don't know. They missed an opportunity. I mean, I understand production schedules. Like, I understand it probably just logistically didn't happen, but still, I just yeah. I know it was supposed to be the big storyline of the episode, but it was a little overly dramatic. But it ended up not even being that big. Like, right. Natalie and Will was way more interesting and intriguing and huge than this. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. I do feel for Reese, though. I just, you know, she doesn't know as much as Dr. Charles does in the field of psychiatry. So, you know, and she, she, I don't, I feel like she doesn't really know what to feel about this whole situation with her father. So she's just kind of, her brain's all over the place. And so she's just not really sure what to think. Yeah. I mean, I did like seeing Dr. Charles and Reese try to like (laughs) head up like baby watch 2018, like trying to see (laughs) them like work out this mystery was kind of fun, but yeah. But what I'm hoping uh, for um, the storyline between uh, Dr. Reed and her father is that we'll see her confront uh, her father and not like only scenes about Dr. Charles and his decision or like his pronostic. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. But I don't know. I don't I'm not really invested in um, that storyline yet about her father. I'm like, it's missing something. (laughs) 
I feel bad because I'm not I'm not like super swept up in it either. But they have put Sarah through the ringer this season. Like, damn. I know. Poor little girl. But little girl. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Ease up on the poor girl. Jeez. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it. I think it's coming. A scene where Reese like finally like just lets go and like releases all the emotions and things she's feeling towards her father. But I don't know if that's going to be sooner or if that's going to be like the end of the season since we know based on the episode descriptions that like her father's going to be around for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. How heartbreaking was that though when she looked at Dr. Charles and she was like, my father never loved me. And she just kept saying it over and over because like she finally realized it. Oh, poor girl. Yeah. Sarah Reese deserves better. But For yeah. Real. So the other storyline we wanted to talk about or one of the other we wanted to talk about. We're going to talk about Connor and Ava and Ethan and April and Papa Rhodes because these all kind of loop together. Note how we're getting we're kind of getting the other storylines out of the way so we can just unleash on Manstead because <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so again, this is Connor and Ava and Ethan and April and Papa Rhodes because both of these just kind of like loop in hand in hand. So Ethan's patient is brought in and this is a man who was injured during a bar fight as in he took a long blade to the heart in a bar fight. What does I a just long ca- blade even like is that different from a knife? Like is it somewhere between a knife and a sword? Like <laughs> what are we talking about? That's what I'm imagining when somebody said that it was a long blade and I just kind of envisioned like a machete. But if he's going to bars where people are carrying machetes, he needs to rethink his life. Right. And I guess when I think of like, I mean, like my first thought was like, are they sure they're not talking about like a 10 blade, like in surgery? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, am I, I'm imagining something between a sword and a knife, but... I'm really curious about this man's life decisions that got him to that bar in that fight because, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So Ethan and April are working together because the couples always work together. But yeah, Ethan calls for a surgeon. Rhodes is off campus. Latham's in surgery. So he's on his own. Which I guess means that what, Connor, Ava, and Latham are the only surgeons in the whole hospital? I think, well... I mean, this guy ended up, you know, he took the long blade to the heart and they're cardiothoracic surgeons. Um, so, like, you narrow it down. It's not like they're general. I mean, you know, they don't need a general surgeon for this. They need a cardiothoracic surgeon. Oh, also true. Also true. It's just it's just not a safe hospital. So I always assume these things. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. They would have only three surgeons in a whole big hospital. But April know. said uh, something about a trauma surgeon not able, like, to perform surgery. They were like somewhere but she like said something but i don't remember like exactly but she talked about everyone and it's like nobody was available at that time yeah yeah um can we also talk about how this is the last patient brought in before the lockdown is like official and we see the cop just be like you can go to lakeshore and i was like lakeshore is no safer than med dude (laughs) it blew up too yeah just yeah so connor and ava are at a ct event somewhere off campus it's like super swanky it's a breakfast it sounds like the professional mixer from hell because i yeah i i don't like being around fellow members of my profession never mind being around them in the morning at like eight o'clock no mixers of any kind whether they're with people you like or not they're always hella awkward 
hella awkward. And this was double awkward for poor Connor because Connor rolls up looking perfect in his suit, of course. But Papa Rhodes is there, too. Oh, oh goody. Ugh. Oh. Worst. And then it gets even worse because he's kind of flirting with Ava. It's so awkward and weird and creepy and all the... Ugh. So bad. So bad. Because he doesn't he mention that he's got some like swanky thing to go to? And he's like, I would love it if you would be my guest. I was like, ah, that's so creepy. Oh, my God. Yeah, I just... And it, like, I'm kind of turned off by the fact that Papa Rhodes just keeps popping up this season. Like, can he go away? <laughs> we hardly ever see him. And you're like, can you just like leave? <laughs> well, we've seen him like twice in like um, this season at least. Maybe three times. Yeah, that's We've true. seen him too Does much. He- <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He didn't really serve much of a purpose this week. It was just to awkwardly flirt with Ava, I guess. But I still, so Connor gets the call that Med is on lockdown, and I want to mention before this because I did tweet this out last night. Okay, so when Connor arrives and he's talking to Ava and his dad, he's like, "I'm gonna go get some breakfast," and Ava goes, "Try the avocado toast." And I tweeted out, "I was like, I've got a hot take. You just wait. I'm gonna say it. Ready? Hot take: avocados." are disgusting boom mic drop i said it i'm kind of with you i don't really like them either no i gotta disagree avocados are the best i'm sorry (laughs) team avocado over here in montreal yeah (laughs) (laughs) um my boyfriend loves avocados and he likes to torment me so he will tag me on facebook on like posts about avocados or he'll send me pictures of avocados i'm like can you stop just Quit that. I think they're disgusting. That's funny. So I'm glad to know that I'm not alone, Bryna. Yeah. I am audibly said when Ava was like, oh, try the avocado toast. I literally was like, ew. (laughs) Gross. Anyway. So Choi is like, Choi goes not kind of rogue. I don't know. Basically, April's like, yeah, there's no surgeon. Choi's like, fine. Well, I'm going to do it myself. Um, Let's also mention that if a female character did this, she would be in all sorts of deep shit. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just put it out there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Choi gets as far as he can. And then he's like, somebody get me Connor. I don't care, but like, get me Connor. So he's at this shindig with his dad and Ava and he gets a FaceTime from Dr. Choi. And I, I feel like a FaceTime in the middle of an OR, like the screen popped up and it was like, boom, this guy's heart. And I feel like that's like probably normal par for the course at med where Connor was probably just like, oh, hey, cool. It's a dude's heart. Like, <laughs> nothing to see here. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they're just... Yeah, so they, they he comes up on FaceTime and Choi's like, Connor, I need you, brother, which is just adorable. A little, not a budding bromance, but like they would be a good bromance if they wanted to go that way. That would be cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yep. I, I would take that. So he and Ava talk Ethan through the procedure, but it's not quite working. And so Connor's like, fine, uh, Ava, get the patient stabilized. I'm gonna go to med. And Ava's like, you can't get in. And Connor's like, Psh, please. So... Connor gets to the door and, of course, he can't get in. And he's trying to be like, hey, I have a patient in there. I have to operate. And I'm over here like, how is batting his beautiful blue eyes at her not working? How is this not? Whatever. So he goes to Earl, which is, I guess, one of the other cops that he knows. And Earl gets him in via an abandoned tunnel. Legit. So he goes down there and Earl's like, turn right at the fork. Go this way, go that way. And like all of a sudden, he goes from Chicago Med to like American Horror Story. Yeah, no, I, every time I pick, like, when they were talking about this tunnel or whatever, I'm like, is it going to end up in a vent? And, like, he's going to have to crawl through the vent and, like, just drop down in the middle of med? Like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
just imagining him crashing through the vent into the middle of the ED and be like, nothing to see here. Because I feel, yeah, like, I feel like anytime someone, like, breaks into through something, it's always crawling through the vent and, like, ending up in that place. So I was waiting for that to happen. See, and I thought, because when, when he was like, yeah, it's an abandoned tunnel or whatever, I was like, oh, I guess this must be where whoever took the baby took the baby. Oh, but, yeah, and then no. Connor would have found the baby and be like, <laughs> just like, yeah, that would have been funny. He would have been like, you should be so glad that Dr. Manning didn't find you. Oh, Lord. Uh, I know, I know. So, yeah, I was thinking he was going to run into, like, some wildlife or some sort of crazy shit down there. I don't know. He spent a good he, – he probably spent, like, a quarter to a half of the episode in this abandoned tunnel. I was like, oh, yeah, so and he's, scary. like, in his nice suit. Like, I'm surprised he didn't step in, like, a pot, like a puddle of water and, like, mess it up and, Yeah. Most trips through abandoned tunnels don't end the way they did for Connor. They don't usually end well. No, never. Right. So Connor should consider himself lucky. So finally he finds his way in. He very awkwardly barges into a pathology room and he's like, oh, hey, sorry. Bye. And then Connor heads up to the ED. Now, did you guys see Colin's tweet last night that they wanted it to be Dr. Shore in the pathology room? No, I didn't. Yeah, they wanted it to be Patty, but... You know, Colin was like, of course, Patty's a little busy. So that was cute. That would have been great. Just be like, hey, bye. Uh, So, yeah, Connor heads up to the ED and he saves the day because he's Connor. Of course he does. You know. So back at the CT event, Ava watches Connor get everything under control and she just kind of breathes a sigh of relief. And Papa Rhodes, like, overheard slash saw all of this. And the first thing he says is, Dr. Becker, you're amazing. As in, you just watched your son kick ass and all you can do is flirt with the pretty lady? It's gross. It's so gross. Like, where is this going? Hopefully nowhere. Yeah. And I mean, but I feel like at the same time, I feel like the fact that he's instantly taking to Ava after, like, he didn't really like Robin. I mean, he hated Robin. And, like, it kind of just makes it feel like they're trying to get us to root for Connor and Ava. Because, you know, like, even his dad likes her. Um, But, yeah, it's just creepy. You don't think Papa Rhodes would be a total skis and try and swoop in? I mean, I wouldn't put it past him either. But it's also, like, you know... See, maybe even her dad, his dad likes her because she's a surgeon and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's the right girl for Connor. But I do think more it's a little bit more of him being a skis rather than that. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Connor and Ethan fist bump because, again, they're just like not planting the seeds. They're kind of teasing us is what they're doing. They're like, you could have this bromance, but you won't. You won't. Uh, so they fist bump and then Connor bumps into Ava on his way out. And so Connor's like, dude, I'm hangry. I could eat. And Ava's like, yeah, just go to the cafeteria. And then they go their separate ways. So, yeah, just that's Connor and Ava. Um, oddly enough, they were a couple that was not fighting this week. Yeah. And they usually, yeah, they usually do fight, but not this week. Yeah. And Rhodes Redemption? Like... I would say so. Compared to the last two weeks. Oh, man. The last two weeks were so bad. So, so bad. And uh, yeah, just oh, so bad. Um, Perry, thoughts on Connor and Ava and all this banana stuff that's going on? Well, not really, because it was like a okay storyline. Like, it was not bad and it was not 
like wall either. I don't have like thoughts about it. It was like the good storyline of the week. I felt it that way to like compense with the kidnapped baby and like Menstead and everything. So yeah. Yeah. What's your take on Ethan and April? Because they didn't really have like a soul storyline this week, but I want to hear your take on them. Okay. Um, I like that couple. But at the same time, I feel like it's more um, a, a character development for Ethan than it is for April. Like, that's... It's, like, weird. Like, I really want to root for them. I'm, like, to people of color getting together, but, like, show me more April because I feel she's just, like, there in their relationship. Yeah. So, Interesting. Yeah. I hadn't thought yeah, about never... the fact that it's, like, more of a character development for Ethan, but I agree with that. Same. Same. That's a good point. Because she helps him kind of loosen up a little bit, but what does he do for her? Yeah, but every time, like, they talk about her, it's about Noah, too. Like, oh, why are you still doing this for Noah? And everything. And I'm like, first of all, April is, like, her own woman. Like, she's not Noah. Like, she's more than Noah. And I felt after, like, last season, uh, miscarriage and everything, she could have so much like potential and she was like a major character in the back door of pilot so i'm like why are you letting us down with her like she could be a lot of things they could like that's my take i want her to go back to school and become a doctor because she would crush it like in uh yes. yeah yes i love that i agree with that that's fantastic yeah i i never thought of it that way that is yeah Interesting. Because, yeah, well, I mean, what does Ethan do for April? Yeah. And that would be great to see April go back to med school. Because, I mean, she we saw that, you know, we saw her that she became a nurse so that Noah could become a doctor. Yeah. So to put herself first would be great. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. All right. So next thing we're going to talk about, everybody stretch it out, you know, warm up because it's going to be. Do we want to do okay. that or do we want to go just like into real quickly into the Noah and Maggie stuff? Because it's yeah. like not a whole yeah, lot. Let, yeah, let's do that. Um, Brenda, do you want to take it or you yeah, want to Yeah, I got it. Um, okay. So one of the – because, I mean, it's not a whole lot. So I feel like we should just get it over with and out of the way and then really like go into Manstead. Dive into Manstead. Yeah. Okay. So the last thing – or the next thing we want to talk about real quick is Noah and like holy shit Maggie because – Really, it's mainly Maggie. Um, but anyway, so one of the last patients to make it into the hospital before it was shut down um, was handed to Noah. It was a woman. I don't remember what was initially wrong with her. I don't either. But she was having some issues, and so she, whatever, she came in. So it's just like halfway through the episode, you know, we don't really see much of her. She starts crashing. Um, Maggie and Doris are there, whatever. And Noah's not there, though, because Noah had to take another patient upstairs. So she's crashing, and they can't really do anything because they're nurses. And so they're looking for a doctor. They call out to Ethan. Ethan is obviously literally hands deep into someone else's body. Like, <laughs> they can't do anything about it. So Maggie's like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm going to take the reins on this. And Doris is like, Maggie, you can't do this. You're not a doctor. And Maggie's pretty much just like, watch me. And so Maggie ends up criking 
the patient and into gets her intubated like holy shit maggie yeah what are you doing <laughs> like who knew doris was going to be the voice of reason in an episode like what is happening that's true what would doris have done in that situation you mean if she was maggie yeah let she wouldn't die. have done it no yeah she would have let the patient die but I think mm. Mm, it's hard to say. Like, mm. It's so hard. Um, so anyway, Noah comes back and like wants to know who cricked his patient. Um, and Maggie's like, just owns up to it. And she's like, I did. And Noah's like, wait, what? And April's like, huh? And so they have like a little disagreement. Noah's not happy about it. But April's like, back off. Like, Maggie's been a nurse since you were in like diapers. Like, calm yourself. <laughs> um, but of course... The patient's getting worse, so Noah's, of course, going to place blame on Maggie. Um, and it kind of just ends with this last scene. We see Dr. Abrams confirming that it turns out that the patient did have a stroke um, after the airway was shut for more than a minute. Um, and Maggie ends up having to defend her choice to not wait for a doctor. And Goodwin, you know, basically is like, you're in trouble legally. Um, I have to suspend you, even though I would have done the same thing. Oof. But I was yeah. wondering, because paramedics can intubate, but not nurses. So I was like, mm, um, why? But then I asked my aunt, who's a nurse, and she told me it's um, a facility-driven mandate. So, like, nurses can intubate if they are covered by the facility policy. So I guess, like, Chicago Med is not covered by it, so she couldn't. But technically, Interesting. they could if they let. Or show the nurses how to do it. You know, interesting. Interesting. I didn't realize that. Um, it's so hard, though, because, like, do you go... This is, like, one of those situations. Do you go by, like, what the law... You know, like, what you said, like, what the facility is saying and, like, you know, basically, like, the letter of the law? Or do you go by, like, the idea that, like, you're following the law or whatever? Because, like, it's a catch-22, like... She would have mm-hmm. been a whole, like you said, like she would have been in a whole other kind of trouble if she had let the patient die. Like, yeah, but but then, like, what she said, I'm sorry, I'm just uh, reading my notes, is because nurses have so many other responsibilities, which is true because Maggie is running the ED, so she don't have time to, like, maintain compen- uh, competency and frequency to ensure the, su- the success of the procedure. So maybe it's like that's why it was risky to take because she's not really that much in the room. She sends other nurses like Doris and April and everything. Right. That's a good point. It's just it's so hard because like you said, like what is she going to do? Let the patient die? Like she doesn't want that. Nobody wants that on their conscience. Yeah. No. And it sucks that Goodwin was like, I would have done the same damn thing, but also I have to suspend you. Yeah. Uh, you know but yeah I mean sh- she could have gone and found Manstead but they were probably in a room arguing somewhere so um, yeah I don't know that, that that is a tough one because like what do you do when there are no doctors around hmm. well probably my guess is usually there are doctors around so like but because it's med and because it's TV and because it's on lockdown like you know that's just what happens yeah because i was wondering where was uh, will and natalie like 
Because well, probably telling Natalie off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Because I was like, if they were still with their patient, there are still two doctors. One of them could, like, help, could have come and helped Maggie. So I don't know. Like, yeah, right. I don't know if I'm Will at this point. I'm not leaving Natalie unsupervised. I'm just saying. <laughs> but we also technically never saw Will and Natalie's patient come through the ED. So maybe they weren't in the ED this episode. Oh yeah. So maybe that—that's that's why they weren't around when they when Maggie. No, they were help. in the ED. No. Oh, maybe they went because it's Maggie who gave them the patient. She said, she "Like, did? yeah, she gave them the she um the iPad, and she's like." Uh, uh, trauma two or something like that. Oh, because she saw. Them, I don't know where they were. She saw them fighting. Well, we're gonna get it, but she saw them yeah. not talking, and she was like, "Okay, I'm gonna try to do something about it." Yeah. Oh, poor Maggie. I wonder what's gonna happen. Yeah. So, the last thing we're gonna talk about. All right, everybody, stretch it out. Like, let's make sure we're all warmed up and ready <sighs> to go because we are gonna dive headfirst into Manstead and we are going to spill all of the tea. I think I used it correctly that time. <laughs> so, here we go. All right. So we start off, and they're at one of the doctor stations in the ED, and it's super awkward silence. They're just standing there, like, "Uh, you wanna talk? You wanna talk? I don't know." So the then comes over the PA system that's like code pink or whatever. And Will looks at Natalie and he's almost like proud of it. He's like, that's the baby I sent to the PICU. And that's just like, oh, it's like super awkward. So then their patient comes in and now they have to treat him together. This is perfect and not awkward at all. Wonderful. So we find out that the patient has a really large tumor and the oncologist pretty much just suggests that there's nothing left to do. Now, you know, at the end of the day, they're still Manstead, so they're not going to take that for an answer. And so they decide to research a little bit further. So Natalie comes to Will with this like super experimental drug cocktail that she read about in like Cosmopolitan magazine or something. And yeah, she's like, I've only read about it. It's super risky, but it might work. And Will's like, no, uh, uh-uh. Will shoots it down. And so... Natalie starts to get all Natalie about it. And she's like, well, why not? And Will's like, that's bad medicine. It's just like, oh, okay. Um, Natalie gets like really up in arms about it. But it's about damn time somebody just says it like it is. And is like, Natalie, that's crazy. Stop it. So Natalie asks, she's like, you used to do everything for your patient. What, What happened now? Like, why are you such a rule follower? And Will explains that it's because of his added responsibility as an attending. These are all legitimate answers, mind you. He's just like super rational. He's like, it's my new position as an attending. Never mind the previous experience of that time he got sued in season one, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. so then natalie gets all mad and she's like so i get no say then and will very respectfully says not this time there's so many different ways he could have said that and he was pretty respectful about it if you ask well and like at this point wasn't it in this scene where he's like well what you're suggesting is bad medicine like it's a little harsh i was like i I texted you and i was like shots fired yeah yeah i'm just but i'm glad he's finally calling her out like Somebody should have done this in that episode where that woman was starving herself and being like, she didn't want this. You just committed a crime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have no problem with it. But um, Natalie, in full Natalie fashion, gives the guy the drugs anyway. Because. At least this time she asked. 
<laughs> yeah, she got consent this time. <laughs> Baby steps. At least oh, like, she didn't like just give it to the guy. She asked. Although she I'm asked, not, yeah. I mean, I, Natalie has a lot of issues in this episode, so I'm not like condoning anything Natalie did, but. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, yeah, she gives the patient the drugs anyway. And, oh, man, when I saw her walk into that room, I was like, Will is going to blow a gasket. This is going to be insane. And so after a short period of time, the patient crashes. And, of course, Natalie is distraught. And when Will has to call it, he's so pissed. He's giving her such a side eye. Oh, he's so mad. But yeah, she storms out of the room crying and she's like, I don't need to hear it. And it's still, Will is still trying to be nice to her. He's like, you know, you were just trying to take care of your patient, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, she screwed up. Like, just call a spade a spade. She screwed up. So this is where shit gets crazy. So Goodwin and the oncologist, they come to Will to ask about Natalie prescribing the meds. They're like, what the fuck is this? And Will takes the fall. Ugh. Why? Come love. On, yeah. So love. bad. I was like screaming at the TV. I was like, would you just own up to or let her own up to her mistakes for once? Just like, because this is not the first time Natalie has done this shit. So they go into the break room and Natalie is pissed. Oh, she's so mad. So she's like screaming at Will. She's like, I own my mistakes. And then she plays the feminism card. She's like, you wouldn't do this for Ethan or Noah. All right. Okay. So she's like, you're just protecting me because I'm a woman. Okay. Let's talk about this. He didn't protect her because she's a woman. He protected her because he loves her. Right. Her gender had nothing to do with this. IMO. I do think, though, that under different circumstances, depending on the circumstances, I think he would do the same for Ethan or Noah. If one of them had their job on the line or something, I think Will would cover for them. Yeah. I I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I definitely don't, I definitely don't agree with Natalie that it has anything to do with her gender. Um, I think, like we said, I mean, the reason he did it is because he's so fucking damn, in, I mean, he's so in love with her. Like, and he cares about her and, you know, he wants to protect her because it's someone he's in love with, not that she's a woman. Um, right. I don't know. We've never really seen him do anything kind of crazy or, you know, protective or whatever when it's not Natalie. So I don't know if I'd go so far as to say he would do the same thing for Ethan or Noah, but not because of the fact that, you know, she's a it's a woman, it's a gender thing, but just because of the fact that he's only ever done it with, natalie because he's in love with her yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah but it's like it's like weird because i don't know if you remember but the episode with the kid who was buried to the pastor at the end she like gave him a monologue about how him he was like being such like further uh, his thinking was progressive compared to other men and everything and she was basically like um giving him like a medal for being a decent human being to get out the girl out of that abused union and Mm -hmm. while i was watching yesterday episode i was like so he's not a feminist because he didn't do what you wanted him to do because like a couple of weeks ago it was working because he did like he he went like behind goodwin back and like got the girl out and she was like oh my god you're so great and now he's like not agreeing so you're like 
uh, like, you don't love me, you don't want me to be at my best because of my gender. It's, like, weird. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that is a good point. Because, I mean, yeah, and if he had hung her out to dry, then she would be coming to him bitching about it. She'd be like, can you believe this? Isn't this crap? Yeah. I just, yeah. So uh, Twitter lit up after this happened, and we got so many replies about this. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so first reaction we got was from Jessica S. And she says, no, he wouldn't have done that for Noah or Ethan, but he also isn't sleeping with Noah or Ethan. I don't know if I agree with that. I I don't, I think it's more than just the fact that he's sleeping. I, I think it's he's in love with Natalie. Like, it's more yeah. than just, like, a casual hookup. Yeah. Yeah. And it has nothing to yeah. do with the fact that, like, just because it's in a relationship, like, that's why he did it. It's, like, he cares so much about her. Like, that's why he did it. It's not even, like, I think even if they hadn't been romantically together this season and he was still so deeply in love with her that, like, he still would have done it. Yeah. Just because he cares that, that much about her. Like, it doesn't matter that they technically have labeled their relationship well as of now or at, as of this moment in this episode, they were still boyfriend and girlfriend, but. Okay, well, here's a question then. Let's flip the script. So never mind whether he would do it for Ethan or Noah. Would Natalie do it for Will? If Will screwed up, would she take the fall for no. him? No. No, I don't think so either. She wouldn't. No, I think, especially not recently, maybe early season three, mm. like after she just had come back from her sabbatical and was like, all in her right piece of zen mind whatever thing maybe but not re- no i don't she's too I still, I still like, no i still don't think so because she would have too much to lose she has a kid and everything and since it's always right. about natalie she would like put will before of owen you know what i mean like yeah she she would never put will before owen and i get that no that, i get you know, that she's... but i feel yeah. that's why she wouldn't do it for will yeah. Yeah, she's too self-centered. She would be like, he would come to her with this problem and she would be like, sucks to be you. Like, yeah, no. We got another response from Rebecca and she said, I don't think he was even thinking about the fact that she's a woman. He did it to help her, someone he cares deeply for. Right on the money there. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yep. Because I feel- Yeah, he wasn't yeah, go. thinking about that. Sorry. No, I was just saying he wasn't thinking about the fact that she was a woman. No, because I felt like if- like Jay was a doctor and Jay would have done something like that, he would have pulled the same thing. He would have taken the blame for Jay. I feel like. Right. So for me, it was definitely not a gender like problem. And as someone who's like studying gender, who is in gender studies, it was definitely not a feminism moment. Like, no. So, no, yeah. I agree. I agree. So then after that, the comments just got downright, like, ruthless. Um, yeah, wow. Okay, so the, we got a comment from Kate, and Kate said, time for Will to dump the dead weight, and by that I mean Natalie. It got a little harsh after this. So everybody was kind of calling for Natalie's head, really. So that was one comment we got. Then we got another from a listener also named Natalie. You know, coincidentally. She said, he loves her. That's why he did it. Will needs to be paired with someone else because Natalie always does crap and then lashes out. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And then 
another Jessica just straight up said, she said, I'm really getting tired of Natalie. But then even looking on the Shyhards board today, it was just post after post of people being like, I'm done with Natalie. I'm done. I'm over her. I can't stand her shit. Get rid of her. Like the get rid of her is a little harsh, but the whole thing about being done with her, like, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, but it's like, it's not like, I understand where they're coming from. Like it's like, it's been like seasons. Right, like, it's, it's bullshit. Like, yeah. and like we saw in yesterday episode, like Maggie got consequences for her action, and even uh, you wrote, um, tweeted last night, Gina. But like Natalie mm-hmm. never gets anything for like what she does, and right, and that's like I don't know. Um, I don't. I, I'm sorry. I'm like mad every time Natalie yeah. does something. It's like. And she's one of the no, reasons I, I cannot get behind Menstead because mm-hmm. I don't appreciate her that much as a character. So I don't feel like, yeah. No, and you're exactly right, though, that, I mean, she does shit episode after episode and never gets in trouble for it. Meanwhile, Maggie makes one mistake one time and she's suspended. And right. it's not and really think- a mistake when you think about it. Like, it was like a dilemma. So... I. I don't know. Yeah, and I think Brian, what were you gonna no, say? I was gonna yeah. say I think this is why like I do agree with Natalie though in that she has a right to be pissed because like she want like we all like we were just saying, like we want Natalie to get her consequences, but Will didn't give us that chance to let Natalie finally be punished for what she did. So like I understand and like I slightly agree with Natalie that like I wanted her like I wanted Will not to take the blame just because Natalie finally deserved what she got coming to her. Um, which is probably a suspension, um, if I'm being honest. Yeah, but even if she would have taken, like, the the blame, at the end, they realized that it didn't kill the, the guy. Right. So it would have been, like, It would have oh, been well. okay anyway. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, but it st- doesn't make still, sense. yeah. It wasn't legal. Like, everything she, de- she did. She like, deserved a moment to sweat it out, though. Yeah. She at least yeah, deserved I mean, that. Even, even if... You know, even if Will and Nat are Will and Nat and they're dating and they're together, at the end of the day, she was still insubordinate and went against her attending's direct order. Straight up. Right. Yeah. She should at least still get some kind of like punishment for that. I don't think we've ever seen her punished for any of the crap she's done. No. Thinking about it. No, I don't Like think she so. got taken, um, like the same episode I was referring uh, earlier. She got taken out of the case, but that's pretty much it. Right. Yeah. Just, mm. yeah. So then we find out at the end of the episode, Will walks in to talk to Natalie, but they're interrupted by the oncologist. This oncologist just keeps like <laughs> popping up out of nowhere. It's like, bro, stop. At least knock or something. So the patient died of heart failure because apparently they conducted the world's fastest autopsy. I don't even know. But yeah, the cocktail, the drug cocktail that Natalie administered actually shrank his tumor after the meds were administered. So, um, Eureka, everybody's off the hook. Yay. Ugh. Yeah. So then Will's like, oh, no, this was Natalie's idea. And then she storms out like. "Mm." So outside we get our first Manstead I love you, but we also get it followed with the first Manstead breakup. Ugh. Okay, so Natalie goes on a tear and she's like, 
you know, I've always dealt with two types of men, those who dismiss me and those who patronize me. Hi, Will does neither. I'm just oh pointing that God. out. Yeah. Natalie, get off your high horse. Right? Um, right. Okay. And so, I don't know. Ahead, I kind of agree with that, though. But I feel it's not just Will, but it's every man on, like, most of Chicago franchise. Like, and if we take uh, Mad, like... Connor told Ava to back off something and he never apologized for it and like Eden told like a lot of time April like he's the doctor so she don't need to speak like we saw it kind of like a couple of times so I gotta agree with her on that. I agree with that I don't agree with that it always goes towards Natalie and I feel like Natalie's insinuating that it's always Will yeah I agree with that, like, it's a general statement that, like, yes, I agree with the Connor thing especially, and, like, I agree with all of that, but I don't, I don't think we've really ever seen it with, like, somebody on this franchise doing it towards Natalie. No, but that's because she's self-centered, so it's a world. Right, and so, like, I don't understand, I don't agree with her statement, I agree with it as a general statement for the characters and for, like, the shows, but I don't agree with it for, like, Natalie talking about herself. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I have noticed now, I mean, now that Natalie has become so self-centered and their relationship has just kind of exploded in front of our eyes. I mean, something that is a problem with them is that they can't keep professional and personal separate. Yeah. I mean, they, they can't just walk through the door and be like, Dr. Manning, Dr. Halstead. I mean, I was really surprised that they were still pissed off at each other about the argument they had last week because that was a strictly work argument. Right, yeah. well, that technically stemmed from, like, two weeks ago when Will was all in his feelings about losing his patient and Natalie was like, hi, look at me, look what I just did to save a baby and didn't, like, give two fucks about Will. <laughs> but are you guys, yeah. like, it's a really off topic, but kind of into astrology? Like, I'm really into that, so I was, like, trying to match, like, Zodiac sign with, like, characters, but I feel uh-huh. like Natalie and Will are not compatible, like, Natalie is, like, Cancer, and, like, Will is a Sagittarius. So I felt like that relationship that relationship was, like, doomed to fail. But that's, like, I, I like to do that. That's my kind of... That's so interesting. Yeah, doomed to fail. Ooh, let, let's think No, about I'm this. just even thinking about astrology signs. Like, I wonder if I could go back and do that for, like, any character. Oh. We should do it. Okay, I'm really... I, I, I did most of characters, so if you want... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Perry, we're going to need a book report on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's interesting. They are very, like, oil and water, aren't they? they yeah. Just, they're, yeah, there's so much friction between them. Because, like, when they're good, they're good. But when they are bad, yeah, everybody bad. duck and cover. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah, why. It's in, crazy. I think we're, like, in that um, state of the relationship where, like, they are so bad that they cannot support each other. So that's why I'm like, mm, I'm not sure it was like meant to be, but like I know they are like one of the big couples in Chicago, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I never felt it personally, so I don't know. I I mean, this is nowhere near like you know what Manstead goes through of like you know dating and also working together. But 
my best friend worked with me when I worked at Starbucks like 10 years ago or something. And I mean, we got the job done. Like, yes, we were best friends, but we would always put our heads down and work. And then once we were off, we would go do best friend stuff. Like we were able to separate the professional from the personal, not even remotely suggesting that working at Starbucks is remotely <laughs> comparable to working at Chicago Med. <laughs> but, you know, that's I just... Yeah, that and I mean, another thing was that, you know, Perry, you brought up a good point with Natalie being so self-centered. She's taking these interactions where Will has been her attending and not her boyfriend and now interpreted them into that, you know, he's either dismissing or patronizing her because she didn't get her way. Yeah, but it's because since season one, she's been doing it. Like, I remember an episode, like, I don't remember, like, the episode, but like, um, Maggie had a bad day and like Natalie had like back pains because she was pregnant and like mm-hmm. Maggie and Natalie were best friends in season one like for those who don't remember but like and Maggie was just like not today Natalie and she was like oh but like my back and that was just like she's like telling you like she had a bad day she's running the ED like I know you're pregnant but that's not this compare it was like not the same priority so like since I saw it like with Maggie I was like okay that's not gonna be good if they keep that like um what's the the oh my god I have it in French but I forgot um if they keep that (laughs) aspect of her personality like through the series and there we are three seasons (laughs) and she's still self-centered so crazy yeah so crazy so then natalie comes out with this singer and she's like she says that will's love for her is limiting her as a doctor oh shit to which uh, yeah like like, switch hospitals boo yeah like god damn it because i mean breaking up with him is not going to solve that if will's love for her is going to limit her as a doctor Go to Lakeshore, go to like Mercy West or something, because now all that's going to happen is that he still loves you and now he's hurt on top of it. Right. Like, fucking shit. Like, but maybe they're, they're going to have an opportunity to like actually deal with any of their problems. I feel like that, I hope that break will make them like realize that they have a lot of shit to deal I hope Am I the- so, but, like, it seems like from episode descriptions, they're just going to keep working together and keep fighting. Like, I don't know. Yeah, but... Am I the only one who's worried that they're going to get the Berzik treatment? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. Just because, because I feel like... Go yeah, ahead. go. No, no, no go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like they're the... Since they're the main couple on med, like, they're not going to do that. They're going to exactly. keep them broken up for a little bit, like, just because everyone has to go through a breakup before they get to a, you know, get back together. But, like, they're not going to be get the burrs at treatment. And it depends not on, like, not. what Jay is going to say to Will. Yeah. I feel like yeah. that yeah. is going to affect really, like, the future of Minstead. You know, and I was thinking about that today. I have no idea what Jay is going to say to Will. I have no clue what he's going to tell her. or tell him. I don't know what Will's going to like, how is Will going to explain this to Jay? Be like, oh, yeah, Natalie broke up with me because I, you know, like, I, my love for her is limiting her. Like, what is he going to, how is he going to explain this? 
Yeah. Or is he going to be like, I tried to do the right thing and I screwed up? Like, what is he going to say? Probably in a second. Yeah, that's what I think he'd say. I don't think he'd put... He's not going to put Natalie down because he loves her. But, like... I could also see later down the line, like, all this fighting leading to, like, some, like, like a hot hookup and then being like, oh, well, that was wrong. Like, we should have done that. And then, like, them still being in a bad place. And the circle of Manstead begins. <laughs> yeah. Oof. But then, like, them, you know, because, like, all their fighting, they're, like, get swept up in, like, a moment of passion. And then... I'm, like, really hoping that I forgot what I was going to say because you said moment of passion and I thought horny, angry tango from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. <laughs> but kind of like the horny, angry tango from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, man. I totally forgot what I was going to say. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry. But after that, Natalie drops her most selfish line of all times. Ready for this, like, awesome breakup line? This awesome breakup line that, mind you, came with, like, no warning. So she looks at him and she goes, I love you, but I need a break from us. Who says that? Natalie Manning. That's who says that. <laughs> exactly. What? In the world? That is like the most selfish thing I think I have ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. But it's Natalie, so. It doesn't, it didn't surprise me that much. Yep. I, just, Wow. Wow. And so she gets in the car and she drives off and Will is just standing there like a sad little puppy dog. And he's all of us because he's like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Because like, yeah, what the fuck just happened? I mean, and even when she was like talking about how, you know, male colleagues never see her as equal. He was like, I see you as equal. And I was like, damn straight he does. I agree with that 110 percent. Yeah. I just thought she was kind of off base. But I just, wow. It's because, like, everything that happened, like, after, like from the minute she said, like, oh, you wouldn't do it, like, if it was Noah of Eden. Like, I agree with the statement that she, like, gave through the episode. It was just not the right character to say it. You know, if it would have been, like, Ava who would have pulled this on Connor, I would be like, you go, girl. Or, like... April. It's just Natalie, it felt like off because she's always been like in a good place compared to her other like female colleague. Yeah, and she, I don't like to say it, but I'll just say it is that, you know, she tends to be overly dramatic at times. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah, and I, I mean, I hate to say that, but like, I mean, come on. Yeah. And so, I mean, another thing that we got on Twitter, Naomi on Twitter, she said, I'm starting to think that she intentionally sabotages her relationships. I started to think about this. I don't necessarily agree because let's look at this from the beginning. Her husband died. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Um, Jeff Clark moved to Hawaii, so she couldn't really do anything about that. But I will agree that she's kind of intentionally sabotaging this one. No, but I think that's an interesting point. Like, obviously, she didn't mean, like, you can't do anything about her husband dying. But, like, yes, Jeff moved to Hawaii. But even before that, she was like, well, I'm not really sure if this is going to work out. Like, you know, in her head, in the back of her head was Will. So, like, she kind of intentionally sabotaged that one a little bit. And this one, I mean, we... She definitely intentionally kind of sabotaged this one. 
So, like, I think, and maybe you could even argue that, like, she intentionally sabotaged both of them because she's still not ready to have something long-term after her husband died. I thought the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you could argue that, like, she's intentionally sabotaging all of them after her husband. Yeah, that's... Which is something we haven't heard her talk about. about. Like, I mean, obviously, they finally brought up Owen this season, but, like, we haven't heard her talk about her husband in, like, feels like forever. Yeah, that's true. And you know what? Now that I think about Clark, because I haven't, you know, mentioned his name in, like, forever, he tried to protect her once in front of the review board, and she, like, freaked out on him, too. She did. She did. Yeah. I can't remember what she was in front of the review board for, though. It's a, pro- it's a laundry list of things with Natalie, so. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, was it that time? But, like, what does she want these guys to do? I mean, like, I don't know. I am all for, you know, not being the damsel in distress. I'm all for that. But at the same time, I mean, you can't go into a relationship and preface it like, don't protect me. What does she want them to do? I mean, I don't know. It's kind of a catch-22 if you ask me. Yeah, it's. But I think she doesn't know herself. Like, yeah, sometimes I feel like she acts really like in the moment that like she doesn't overthink it. So it does like situation like this. Does my sentence make sense? Yeah. 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 (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'll agree with that. So I just yeah. And I. I think that about wraps up the episode. Um, One thing I wanted to add in there that I forgot to put into the outline. So when Connor and Ava are at the schmoozy little shindig, whatever, we find out lawyer guy has a husband. There are more than what one. There's more than one gay character in Chicago. This is amazing. I don't even think I caught that. Yeah. But didn't. Yeah, I caught it briefly. Like the husband, like help um, Goodwin. For her divorce? Somebody pointed that out to me. Was it you last night? No, I don't think so. I don't, but I remember. Somebody did point that out to me. But it was not the same name, I think. So that's why I was like, was it the same guy or did he get divorced and remarried? Like, that's why I was like, I was not sure. But I'm pretty sure the same guy told like, oh, my husband can help you to Goodwin. Ooh. We're going to have to go back and research yeah. that. I don't know, but... I just, it's worth noting because, you know, once they killed Shay, Dick Wolf was like, we don't need any more gay characters. Um, yeah, you do. But he said he wanted, uh, it wanted, uh, it wanted it to be organically. Like, he cannot just bring a character and, like, be, he's gay. And I'm like, yeah, you can do that. Isn't like, yeah, he did it like, an interview. I gotta search it back. But, like, everyone on, like, Tumblr and Twitter were like, yeah, you can, but I don't know. But, like, what the hell does organically mean? I mean, it, like, I just, yeah. I mean, I that that is an issue that makes me face palm. that, you know, they fed into the barrier gaze trope and killed off Shay, and we haven't seen a gay character in Chicago since. I mean, you, like, you can't sit here and tell me that, you know, I remember Dick Wolf had said he was like, oh, well, we don't want to, you know, introduce a gay character just for the sake of introducing a gay character. Um, the LGBTQ community does not exist for the purpose of, like, hitting a quota. They just exist. Yeah. Yep. Just like us. 
So, I mean, they should exist in the One Chicago universe, just like everybody in that universe. When um, Ava was brought in, I thought she would be, like, a lesbian when I saw her. I was really? like, yeah, I don't know why. I was like, oh, she could, like, be a lesbian who worked with, like, Connor. And then when they pull like, that, like, they were date, um, they slept together, I was like, oh, no, we lost someone. <laughs> she could have be. She could have been. She could have been. I just, yeah. I don't know. There was that episode of PD when Jay was, I think it was Rabbit Hole, actually, when Jay was, like, in the thick of it with Camilla. And they went to that club, and they were playing off the whole undercover bit, and the guy started flirting with Haley, and Jay was like, she's gay. I was like, okay, don't tease us. Like. She she did. Oh, Haley. Oh, that would be good. Okay. (laughs) I just, I'm just, yeah. I mean, that's a rant I usually don't hesitate to go on just because. Like you were saying earlier, like the representation on Med is just like amazing, but yeah, but they let know. us down. They were like, "Oh, you want people of color? Here you go." But we're not gonna develop them as much as we're gonna develop the others. So that's why it was oh. like disappointing because Maggie is such a badass, and like we got what's the name of the dude who got a fake identity? Like I forgot. <laughs> Sorry. Barry? Yeah, him. I was like, and April, who was like pregnant, pregnant, like miscarriage in the same like 30 minutes. It was like so messy that I was like, then don't give me people of color just for like having a coda on your show. That's like not fair. M- not fair. It's yeah. not the right word, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're like. You're putting a perspective on so many things that we have not touched on. So this is like really, this is interesting to hear. I'm yeah. just like preach. So, like everything you yeah. guys are saying, I'm just like, yep. Yeah. I'm just like sitting back, just like staring at the screen. I'm like, tell me more, Perry. But tell it, me all of the things. But I was so excited. Like when I saw Chicago Med, because I love a water, obviously. And like... And Gabby Dawson, like, and everything. I was, like, proud that the um, Latino community has representation. It was fun. And then our water came and everything. And, like, when they show up, like, April, I was so excited. I was like, yes, put her with Severide, another important character. But, like, she got caught blocked by Noah, which I was mad because I was digging April and Severide. I was one of them. <laughs> but like <laughs> after like the show started I was like okay so we're gonna put Connor, Nally, Reese, Dr. Charles but you tease us so much with April that I was like oh disappoint yeah I could go huh. on and on so I'm gonna stop <laughs> no you're just yeah we're just like Brian said we're just kind of sitting back and we're like preach it just keep going we're listening so that, yeah, it, there's there's still a lot of work to be done in that area. So, yeah, um, with that said, I think that's all we've got for tonight. Um, anything else you guys want to add about the episode? No, I think that's it. That was so much fun. Yes, Perry, thank you so much for joining yeah, us. Yeah, seriously, was so much this fun. was a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. Yes. Yes, and you're welcome back anytime. Oh, yes, yay. this is awesome. <laughs> yay. <laughs> um, yeah, so as always, guys, you can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. We are Meet Us at Molly's right across the board. You can always send us an email at meetusatmollys at gmail.com. We've got a website now. It never gets old saying that. We are at meetusatmollys.com. You can also get in touch with us there. 
Oh, goodness. Follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV. Bryna? I am at Bryna K13. Perry? I'm at Perry D. Serafin, which is S-E-R-A-P-H-I-N. Awesome. And Ashley is at Ashnick095. That's Nick and I see no K. We miss her very, very much. But yeah, we've been talking about Dancing with the Stars news with her. So she's around. <laughs> she's alive. Um, yeah, she's alive. Also, guys, about our Twitter page. So we are at Meet Us at Molly's. Yes, we are getting closer and closer to a thousand followers. This is awesome. 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 So if you guys could help us spread the word, that would be amazing. Our goal, we would love to get to a thousand followers by the season finale. So of all three shows. So spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell your coworkers. Tell whoever. If they watch the Chicago shows to hopefully check us out, we would appreciate that. But yeah, that's about all we've got. And we will see you guys on Monday for a new episode of Chicago Fire that we will record together. We're so excited. I'm headed to Bryna on Friday and we're just going to spend the weekend together with shenanigans and podcasting stuff. And it's going to be awesome. And snow. Possibly snow. Snow. Yes, please. All the snow. (laughs) So yeah. That's about all we've got, and we will see you Monday. Everybody have a good weekend, and bye.